This is Aisle 42. One of the ways we can go behind the scenes of the sustainable food industry is to follow the money. And when there's an investor who puts his money where his health is, the conversation gets really interesting. I had a chat with Mike Fada, a man who wears many hats. He's a food business founder, entrepreneur, investor, consultant, coach, and now author. From a personal health transformation that led him to lose a whopping 100 pounds, to pioneering in the world of hemp farming and functional foods, Mike's story is a testament to the power of change, innovation, and resilience. In this episode, you'll hear Mike's take on food as medicine and how grocery shopping and food shapes our lives. He also talks about what he looks for in food leaders and shares his process for aligning our life and our work with our personal values. So buckle up for an inspiring conversation about life, health, startups, and the transformative power of food. The future of food is brighter when people like this are at the boardroom table. Here's Mike Fada. All right, Mike, you're an entrepreneur, food business founder, investor, consultant, coach, now author. You've got a million things going on, but thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. To kick things off, um, let's look into the future for my first question. If you were to imagine the perfect grocery store, what would it look like? What would your ideal grocery shopping experience be like? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I think it's probably a combination of a of a Whole Foods market with a little bit of the Amazon self checkout. I do like uh, a grocery store that uh, that has only all natural ingredients, so nothing uh, nothing artificial or or processed in it, but with the efficiency and ease of just getting in and actually getting what you want and getting out. Yeah, like the computers, the robots just scan your bags on the way out. Yeah, maybe people will be a little freaked out about that. Not so much on me on the scanners or weighing or whatever. I just, uh, I think that's probably the next step to the uh, to the self checkouts. It's probably it's coming for us. It's coming. Let's go back in time. Your journey into the world of food business came after a personal transformation. Your journey back to health obviously sparked a fire in you. Can you share a little bit about your journey and how food played its role in your life? when you were younger, especially? Yeah, I, I never, I wasn't educated about health when I was young, so I didn't understand that. Uh, and as much as the commercials playing, I remember you are what you eat. Uh, I just didn't understand that food, you literally, you were made up of all the things that you put into your mouth and uh, ate too much fast food when I was younger. And at 18 years old, I found myself weighing 300 pounds and sick and tired all the time. And then decided to do something about it and went on a whole health journey, lost 100 pounds, got into the health food business, but really started to learn on how much of your body, mind, emotion, kind of everything about you, you can change by changing what you put into your mouth. That's amazing. And that kind of led you down what seems like a pretty unlikely experience into hemp farming and hemp production. You know, at, at that time, years, many years ago, it was kind of on the illegal side of things. What did you see when that started to change and you started to, you and your team started to make products made from hemp, what was it like to see people get excited about something that you guys were making that was really, really new? Yeah, you know, I fell in love with hemp first because of the nutritional uh, properties. I always liked hemp and I thought it was cool, you know, being a relative of cannabis or, you know, being outlawed. And I thought that it was, uh, I could stand up for this kind of misspoken, uh, misunderstood plant. But after going on a no-fat diet myself and learning the hard way that, that your body needs uh, 
uh, essential fatty acids. I don't know why omega-3 and omega-6 are called essential fatty acids. I really fell in love with the product. And then when we started to introduce it to people, a lot of people were doing similar to I was at that time and, and um, you know, eating this no fat diet, which was really popular in the, in the 1990s. And, and then when they, and they suffering ailments and illnesses that were really contributed to not getting any healthy fats in the diet. And so when they started eating hemp hearts that we were providing quickly a, a community formed of, of like-minded people that were taking charge of their health through, uh, through their diet and nutrition and, uh, and discovered this superfood that had a huge impact on their, on how they felt. And we got all these testimonials that came into the business, whether it was from, you know, senior citizens or, or people that were struggling from, you know, having uh, allergies and, and all these food sensitivities. So it was the driving force that fired me up in the early days of the business when, what we were trying to do, bring hemp foods to market, was nearly impossible at that time, and so it was the, that was the extra motivation of getting all this super positive feedback from people that it was having an impact on their health. So good, thanks for the share on that one. So now, after a couple of successful financial exits and efforts in the business community, have kind of taken on a bit of a different role. You're spending a lot of time making and supporting your investments into food products that are good for people and the planet. But good business always comes down to great leadership. And I'm curious to know what kinds of qualities are you looking for in food leaders that fit with your vision for the future of food? That's a great question. You know, I, yeah, for me, my investments are all uh, products that I've discovered that I like having in my house, that they're always on the top of the uh, of the grocery shopping list. And then being a, a, a natural products entrepreneur myself for 25 years, I'm, I'm always interested in meeting the founders behind the business. And, uh, uh, and when I meet the founders, two things for me, like I'm looking for competency that the individual is, you know, smart and actionable and, and, uh, and can build, build a good business. And I'm also looking for fit, you know, someone that I literally want to have over at my house for dinner or sleep at my house and we can like network with and, and hang out and strategize with that. I think that fit is very important in, uh, in life and business as well. And when you combine those things, like the, the, a great product and, and a great founder, then building a business into a world-class enterprise or a very large business is very possible with, with time and effort. Yeah, I agree. I um, your book. I grabbed it and uh, read it en route to the industry event in Toronto that we're both at. And writing a book is always a challenging effort. What was that experience like to actually put all your ideas and plans and schemes and relationships and uh, things into a book and actually hit publish? What was that experience like? Yeah, it was. It was a focused effort for sure, about eighteen months. Um, but I had it on my to-do list for like a decade before that. So I, I, uh, I thought it into uh, or envisioned it into reality long before I, I stepped up and decided, okay, now's the time. And, uh, but it was 18 months from start to finish to, to write and edit and design and, and, and prepare for launch. And, you know, I have two, uh, two kids that are now a teenager. So I'd say it was like birthing a, uh, birthing a baby, uh, took a lot of effort. Uh, I'm not sure that I have other books in me. Well, time will tell on that one, but I, I for sure had that one in me and I wanted to share it for a very long time. That's awesome. You can always go into other categories like coloring pages or sticker book. That's always the way to go. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I just like, I think that some of the messages and, uh, and learnings that I share, uh, are just 
underrepresented. They're not they're not shared enough. There's different ways to be successful and and strategies and tactics that people can be successful in life, whether they're an entrepreneur or or they just want to, you know, they're not happy with the personal space that they're in and they want to they want to personally grow out out of that space. So I just want to make sure that uh, I had my voice and 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 what I've experienced in life, I could share that to help others. And, you know, you also not only tell your stories and your take on things, but what you see in others and their journey along the way in, in business and in entrepreneurship and that that lens that you've been able to apply to, you know, their journey. It's, it's, it was pretty insightful. I really enjoyed reading it. In your book, you talk about aligning your life and your work with your values. What is it about the food business and food people that have taught you about living a better life and about your leadership style? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer that we are what we put in our mouth, right? And for a number of years now, the food industry became more about profit before people and uh, highly processed foods, convenience foods, cheap foods. And I don't, uh, you know, from my personal experience, that's not going to make this world a healthier place. But I'm fortunate that, you know, I have my dad is from, so I have half my roots are in Italy, where, you know, food is much more than that. It's it's much more than the quality of nutrition that you're eating. It is also an opportunity to to put together and bring together community. And that's what the natural products industry is 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 about for me. It's about myself and making myself healthier, uh, but then sharing that with others to help make this world a healthier place. And uh, again, both physically, like the nu- nutrients that we put into our mouth, but you know, when we get around and we form community, and the goal of the community is to help lift each other up and make each other better and 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 make this world a better place. That doesn't feel like work to me at, at all. You know, I could do that all day long, and uh, and whether you know it's it's my passion project or what I tell people, like if it feels like a hobby for you, but you're getting paid for it, like those are the things you want to seek out in life. It may not be about food for you; it may be about painting or or sport or building houses or whatever it is but if you could find that you know you're going to become unstoppable business leaders are always looking for a way to get better stronger faster generate more success but um as you kind of call it in your book like being unstoppable you know that's that's one of those things that i think a lot of people aspire to but it sounds very enticing to become more unstoppable in business, but what is it that stands out to you as the most important growth area for a leader? Well, you got to be your healthiest self or your best self. Uh, I think best self includes uh, health. You know, you need to be physically healthy because we all know that whether you're an entrepreneur or you're just working for someone in in business, it, it could be a lot of work, right? It's it's really tough, and so you you have to be physically healthy because uh, it's a marathon, not a uh, not a sprint, and you have to be mentally uh, strong as well and emotionally strong because business is is not for the faint of heart. Like I can remember many times, and I'm open about this, obviously in the book, that you know I cried myself to sleep at night because I didn't see a clear a clear direction or a clear path for the next day or how we were going to get over some of the, uh, some of the obstacles that, uh, that we were facing at the time. So I think you have to be your best self. I, I like uh, to think that, you know, being an, an entrepreneur is like being an athlete. You need to sleep and eat and train like you're going to be your best self every day and being ready for, uh, for competition. And part two of that is, is to be, you know, really passionate about what you're doing or, or like align your personal interests with your, with your business interests. Because I think if you could put those two things together, you're really well set up to be able to do it for longevity. 
maybe even do it for a lifetime. And, uh, and if you're so crazy about something that you would do it for the rest of your life and you have the physical, you know, the means to do it, you're going to get people that want to come along for that ride. And uh, I look at all, you know, we had up to 200, over 200 team members at Manitoba Harvest at our peak. And, and I always, you know, take them out for coffee and, and just chat with the, the various parts of our team and ask them like why they were super stoked to be working at Manitoba Harvest. And they're like, I'm super stoked because you're super stoked, you know, like they could see that vision and, and they wanted to be part of it. That's my take on like true leadership. That's, that's true leadership from the inside. You and I have a very uh, shared experience in that when I walked into, I walked into Expo West, the big natural organic trade show. And I walked into that door and that first, that big waft of smells, you know, that plant-based smell and that sugar, and what, all the, all the different smells that are in a food trade show. And the first thing that came to mind in this cacophony of it was just chaos was these are my people. I just had this feeling and it just, it was, it just hit me right in the chest where I just felt so um, comfortable and excited and motivated and challenged and threatened and all these feelings kind of came to mind. Um, and you write about that too, like just kind of being around people where these, these are people. So I'm wondering as you've been progressing through your career and as sort of now you're involved in a, a lot of food businesses, not just one or two, you're, you're sort of really hopping in and out of a lot of different, you know, boardrooms and production facilities. What is it when you look ahead to the future and you see consumer packaged goods and, you know, things that are filling our grocery stores, is there something that gets you really excited down the road and you think about this is where the food industry could go? Yeah, I mean, I think it's happening. It's it's maybe not happening at the rate that that I would like, but hopefully, it's coming to the uh, coming more to the tipping point. I think the world is waking up to um, to healthier food. You know, when I started twenty five years ago, now in the industry, the natural and organic products industry was about five percent of food. So ninety five percent of food was highly processed or processed food. Five percent was natural and or or certified organic. Uh, and now that's uh, upwards of 10%, 10, maybe 11, 12%. So maybe we're coming to the tipping point and, and that's going to start to escalate and happen faster. We know that, you know, the pandemic woke a, n- a number of people up and said like, hey, I, I need to take control of my health and uh, and and what I put in my mouth and, and how I live my life each day. But I would just love to see the, uh, the you know, and when I started my own health journey 25 years ago, you couldn't get any great products in a uh, in a grocery store. You know, you had to go to a, a natural food store, and those natural food stores are great, but they were halfway across town, and they're only open certain hours and stuff. And now you can go to to Safeway and and Sobeys and Loblaws and and Costco and Walmart and all these places to to get healthy food products, natural foods, organic foods, and 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 I'm hopeful that one day the tides flip and it's like at least 51% healthy food that's in the uh, in the food system. And I think this world would be a healthier place for it. Brilliant. You just answered my next question, which is a great problem to have. But I, uh, I sure get excited about, you know, the organic, the natural and organic grocery aisle, you know, that's sort of at times in certain retail, it's sort of relegated to that aisle. And if it's it's not in that aisle, then it's probably not findable anywhere else. But certainly get excited about it you know, organic products, especially getting outside of that aisle and working their way into more and more products and sustainable production or regenerative systems kind of, I think technology is going to play a role, but clearly consumer demand and expectations and the the bar getting raised higher and higher 
is uh, is going to play a big role in that for sure. Yeah, and we're already seeing that. Like you know, it's some maybe it's more simple in in some categories. You know, like organic ketchup was probably one of the first. So, okay, ketchup made from organic tomatoes and other organic ingredients without the preservatives. Oh wow! And then consumers can go instead of a three dollar bottle of ketchup, I'm going to pay four dollars, and that and that and that makes sense to me. They want cleaner food, but you know, we're seeing now because of the success of the industry over the last couple of decades every different food category being broken down and and being made different made with more simple ingredients made with more whole food ingredients made with shorter shelf life made with made so it's sold in the refrigerator so it could be fresh instead of uh, instead on a dry shelf for a year i think the industry has shown a lot of entrepreneurs that they, they can break down any one of these food products and reinvent it and be super successful with that. And so I, I think we're going to see that across every single category, every food product. And to your point there, whether, you know, it's being done at retail, like store within a store, the aisle that has all the healthy stuff or the natural and organic food or integrated into the set. So you could just walk by and say, hey, am I going to choose Heinz ketchup, the regular one, or do I want the organic one or, or whatever the product category is, you know, organic olive oil instead of the olive oil mixed with canola oil or whatever, you know, it, it makes it easier on the end consumer to understand it because we're still in a, in a day and age that, yeah, more people are reading food labels, but a lot of people don't understand why they would, why they would invest more, you know, why they would pay a couple cents more or a couple dollars more to, uh, to support these type of products. You have a, a lot of products in your business ecosystem and obviously your personal one. When it comes to some of the businesses that you're involved with, can you just share some of them? I, I feel like maybe I'm losing track. Should I just hit refresh on your website every few days just to see what's changed? But um, what are some of the companies that you're involved with and uh, what gets you excited about seeing them grow? One of the first businesses that after I, uh, and I should just say, you know, I'm a recovering entrepreneur, so I, I'm not operating any of the businesses. Um, I support the businesses through investment, through advising, coaching the uh, the founders, one of the first businesses I invested in after I left uh, Antibo Harvest, we got out of the hemp food business, was uh, Ohm Mushrooms, so functional mushrooms. It's very similar to the hemp food business, actually, that functional mushrooms are, have such efficacy to them. They, they can literally change people's immune systems and be very supportive to all these different healing aspects of, of functional mushrooms, but nobody knows about it. You know, like, like hemp hearts, no one knows about it. And so I got involved with Ohm in 2018. And so it's now five years in that business. Uh, we operate a, a certified organic mushroom growing facility in, in Carlsbad, California, and then make a, a number of different finished products, but also mushroom ingredients that other companies are, are using. One of my portfolio companies, Soul Cuisine, uh, was the leader in, in plant-based foods, plant-based protein foods in Canada. We actually sold the business last year, but I was involved there for three and a half years. I'm wearing a Buddha Brands uh, uh, hat right now. I love uh, love wearing literally the logos on my sleeve of the, of the portfolio companies. Uh, and Buddha Brands is in uh, coconut water and functional beverages. Uh, Nuts for Cheese, which you mentioned earlier, is making the best organic plant-based uh, cashew cheeses. And butters. I just bought the butter. It's very good. Yeah, and cream cheeses. So the whole line of not of, of plant based dairy, you know, and which was something for me. Like I'm a I'm a flexitarian. I've been probably every diet I've tried on in my 25 years of going through my health journey. Uh, so I've been actually a vegetarian. I've been vegan. I was a raw food vegan, but 
now I'd say, you know, I'm a flexitarian. I, I'm a qualitarian. I eat most of the Mediterranean diet. So lots of fruits and vegetables, but I, I, uh, I do eat meat and some animal products, but cheese was one that, uh, you know, I, uh, I never felt good when I ate cheese, whether, I don't know if I had, maybe have a slight dairy allergy. I just, it didn't, it, it always upset my stomach. And so when I, when I met Margaret Coons, the founder of nuts for cheese and tried the product, I was like, this is no sacrifice. This is better than actual, che-. like the experience is, is, is such like a cheese, but it's made from organic cashews. And, and so I, I chair uh, Margaret's board now, and uh, we just, five times expanded the facility in London, Ontario, and, and really uh, expanding the, the product selection and, and the distribution. Midday Squares, which maybe uh, some of your listeners will be familiar with because they make a lot of noise on social media telling the story. It's like a reality TV show. Oh, that help happens to make a, a yummy bar. A functional chocolate bar, yeah. And uh, the portfolio is growing. I realized that, you know, I kind of got to maybe choose one product or one brand in each major category that I want to invest in. And so I've been doing that now for four years, uh, I guess almost five years. And, and there's, there's 10 companies in, in my portfolio and, uh, and there'll be more too. I'm not, uh, I'm not rushing into any investment, but I've literally talked to over a thousand entrepreneurs over the last couple of years because of my success, I get a lot of pitches of being involved in people's businesses. And if it's the right product that I love in my house and, and it's the right founder, then, uh, you know, I have this fascination for helping, helping good people and good products, you know, grow it into a world-class business. That's awesome. Good deal. Well, appreciate everything that you're doing and all these things are also doing good things for the planet. So I uh, really appreciate all the hard work and for sharing the journey and the process. It's, uh, it's really cool. So thanks for joining me and I uh, really appreciate the time, Mike. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Man alive, Mike is a cool guy. So smart, so chill. I hope you enjoyed listening to his story, his take on natural foods, and his leadership mojo. That's it for now. Don't forget to visit owl42podcast.com to get into our draw for the grocery gift card. I'll see you in the future.